Welcome to Forever Exiled, a Path of Exile podcast. I am Justin, aka Tags. And I'm Tyler, Wrecker of Days. And we are on episode eight today. Woo! Yep. Like I said last time, we passed the death of all podcasts. Well, we're eternal. Yep. We, we will last forever now. <laughs> How you doing? I, uh, I'm all right. I'm yeah? all right. All right. Well, let's, yeah. let's just, before we get to you, I'm going to start this on a positive note. We're going to start this off on a positive note and talk about me and my build because this, this league. So you wanted to start on a positive note. Yeah. It's going to be the most positive ever. So it has been a slow grind because I'm doing a solo self found. haven't done it before to this extent and I haven't had a whole lot of time, but now I've had still not a whole lot of time, but more than before time. But I have gotten way more better and yes that's a (laughs) sentence i have almost as good as your grammar way way more better so way more uh i've i found all of the uber trials and actually got uber done in solo self found which i don't think i've ever even done that in a normal league i think normally i go into general or something and pay a chaos to go pay somebody to do just to go run through one just so i can get it done so all of the uber uh, i finished uber now uh, I finally have a five link that I hey. fused myself and what? stopped at five. Nope. Nope. It took me like 12 because I just oh did it myself. My. And I, oh, I wow. sat there for like a good 30 seconds and was like, no, you idiot. Don't keep going. Cause it did have six sockets. So I stopped at that. <laughs> I was like, no, I'll wait till another one drops. And then hmm. I, I don't know. I'm not sure how I've gotten as lucky as I've gotten, but I have gotten incredible rings and today a belt. So my amulet is still terrible. It just is. It really is not great at all. I think I'm using it literally just for int. It just doesn't have any real good stats. But my, the combination of my rings and the belt that dropped today, let me tell you what I have. Tell us, tell us what you have. And again, this is, it's not like incredible, incredible, but for solo cell found for me at like nine, I'm not even 90 yet. My resists are all over 115. They're like 120 to 140 each. I have okay. plus 22% chaos resist. Yes, plus 22%. Not minus 60. <laughs> I get not it. minus 20, plus <laughs> 22%. Uh, and around 5,000 HP. And I'm doing... The content now. I mean, my damage. I need some. I still need uh, some better claws, but I've I haven't had any problem up into the red tier maps now. I've done. I, I want to say nine, nine of the watchstones so far, something like that. But yeah, overall, it's been a huge improvement this week. Just, I mean, Uber was a huge boost to, to damage, just for Slayer and having the twenty uh, percent. Uh, insta kill for everything it yeah, makes it makes metamorphs fast it makes everything faster just that's insane though yeah. the 20 percent. it's so strong it's so good yeah it is really strong so that made a huge a huge benefit and then just not having to worry about resists anymore and chaos too because i didn't really care so much about chaos in the past we kind of talked about this in a previous episode yep. just how much resists have changed in the game and mm-hmm. boy when you get some of those when you get some of those new bosses that randomly spawn mobs as you're working your way up to to fighting them 
that damage yeah. is real. Like chaos yeah. was just wrecking me. Mm-hmm. It really was. So yeah, I've been pretty happy about that. Good so, for you. So that's me. <laughs> how's how's your build going, Ty? Well, let me let me start off by saying last night I was playing Dark Souls with a buddy, and we've been playing for years like you and i've been playing for years ian and i've been playing for years we absolutely love it last night we're going through a a lore playthrough and we're playing a new game plus now and we did number one a new game plus now we're doing number two a new game plus we're taking our time we're reading stuff and it's a lore playthrough i've always been a huge lore fan but he has not so we're going through it and now we're going through the dlcs and i hate the dark souls 2 dlcs but we're going through we're going to get every bonfire we're going to kill every co-op boss it's going to be great so we're doing the fume night in one of the uh, DLCs for Dark Souls 2. And we were together last night for two hours online, over 40 embers, and we couldn't kill them. So let's just say I'm going to be grumpy this whole podcast. We were so bad that I got my son to send Ian some messages. So here we are. I can't believe God didn't defeat the fucking night. <laughs> Maybe I should help <laughs> Maybe if you guys try hitting harder, do better. So (laughs) it was worth it that a five-year-old would send smack talk to two people that are not five. And so that was a little bit more discouraging. But in terms of POE... It must be better than that, obviously. (laughs) I, for the first time... Since I started writing guides, I had to disband a build mid-league. So what what was the build? This is the build you were doing since we started. And it was the build that I was doing. Now, the reason that I started this build, the the build itself is a scion. Uh, It used uh, Deadeye and Inquisitor for its ascendancies, and it was using Elemental Hit. Now, I spent two leagues making sure that this build was good enough to be a guide. Right now, this is before all these 3.9 changes, and it was. And so I made it into a guide last league, and it did fine. I absolutely, I really enjoyed it. And it taught a lot of neat game mechanics that a lot of my other builds did not. So if you were one of those new players that liked to play each of my builds, it was definitely a good tie-in to some unique mechanics that weren't in my other builds. But then when this patch came out, and what I thought, even though it was a big nerf in damage for elemental hit, I assumed... Maybe GGG thought so as well, that it was more of a balancing nerf. You know, the players would freak out, but it, the damage would be fine. Um, so I, I want to give it a shot, though, because, I mean, Fire lost 205 base top damage. Cold lost 167 base damage. And Lightning lost 337. Like that's, that's a lot that's of a base lot. damage. Yeah, I mean, you were talking previously, it's one of your favorite things when patch notes just add base damage. Mm-hmm. So that was a little bit scary. And then when Ballista Totem Support came out and its numbers were really low, uh, it made me nervous, but I'm like, there's no way that they actually just cru- that made these two completely pointless. So I started playing the guy or the guide's build just to be sure. And it just wasn't good enough. What I was- mean, the build itself is good, but you need really good gear to make it work really well. And that's not the point of my builds. Right. I make guides so that I mean, the game, the point of the game is like you need good gear to beat good maps and good bosses, but you shouldn't need epic gear to do good content. You know what I mean? You need epic gear to do epic content, good gear to do good content type of thing. And so that's kind of the basis of my my guides where, you you know, use whatever 
in this case, any bow you want, um, but you shouldn't need a six link with epic rolls for crit damage and elemental damage just to start progressing into red maps. So it just wasn't good enough. The damage wasn't there. And in a bow build, for those that aren't familiar with creating their own builds, survivability, if you're actually using some of the ranger uh, ascendancies, survivability is about movement. Like there's ways to survive and there's some unique perks for survivability, but you're not a juggernaut. You're not mm-hmm. a Templar. Your primary method of surviving as a bow build is, is movement. And even with that, I needed really high damage to be able to survive content I felt I should have been surviving. So I unfortunately disbanded a guide. So was it a combination of both survival and damage or was it one more than the other it was definitely damage that was the issue and as a result that really impacted my ability to if i if i was doing damage that i was doing in 3.8 survivability wasn't an issue i even added more survivability just with how ballista totems work for this build but because damage is so low i needed to be tanky to be able to handle the low damage for because fights would take longer sure way too long yeah yeah, but I mean, you saw some of my stuff. I'd be one-handing it. I'd be eating chips. My survivability was fine, but I mean, you should only be able to. I mean, it ended up being quite a long time to map maps and do bosses and metamorphs. So, if they change it, I'll bring it back. I really like the build, but unfortunately, it's done. So, yeah, it's been a good leak. <laughs> so, what's 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 your next build? Are you working on? Because so this was in this was in PC. This was in League. Yep. You also play a lot of your builds in standard in order to keep up your your guides and stuff. Yeah. So will you yeah. be playing any more in the league, or are you going now just strictly to standard? Uh, if this wasn't the first league with a new atlas, with new endgame bosses, with new boss resistances, I'd probably just start a second character in league um, and see how it leveled, maybe create a new idea to replace the current bow build in case EH doesn't get improved again in 3.10. But because it's brand new everything, I want to take my other five builds that are, or other five guys that are existing, and I, I really want to crush high-end endgame content with them just so that I know what it's like, right? Uh, because weapons are a lot more important for your attack-based yep. um, builds now, and I have two attack-based ones. Um, my Vortex caustic or what is it chaos inoculation build uh i want to make sure that damage is doing well because i focus strictly on dot damage self-casting vortex dropping it around so Mm. and then of course zombies got changed i actually haven't had a chance to play with them too much so i'm going to be playing around with them and seeing uh how their content is so far it's been really good i played with them this week and i'm i'm still quite impressed with them cool so thanks for asking the i think it was just today right that the patch notes was it this morning the 3.9.2 patch notes were released? Um, I mean, I uh, yesterday. Was yesterday. it yesterday? Okay, so yeah. they came out, and uh, now I like them because mm-hmm. uh, stuff that affected me. You know what? There's not a whole lot that affected me. I like now that you can sell metamorph organs. It's kind of cool to at I, least yeah. get some back. Now, I mentioned to you, I think today actually, I, I don't know. I, I, I love that they fixed that, 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 that now you can sell three, you get a random reward. In the last like two days, though, I have felt like the amount of parts that have dropped from 
end map boss metamorphs where they actually could drop a body part. I have been getting way more of a variance of those. I'm not just loaded up on brains. I'm I'm actually getting mm. uh, like and you used all, to have an issue, right? Leading all up until two days ago, I had never done gone to Tane's laboratory and actually done. Uh, yeah, so you're uh, not talking, you know, getting just while you're mapping the in-map ones. You're no. talking about the unique ones you get, you get that you from can the, do whenever you want. That's right. Yeah. I, I've never actually been able to go to his lab because I've been always missing, I want to say it was the lungs or the liver. I can't remember which one it was. Yeah. I hadn't gotten any. And in the last two days, I've done it four times. I think I've gone four or five times, which is a lot for nice. me because I'm not playing a whole lot. But I never had mm-hmm. that before. So I was, and I went through the notes. I didn't see anything that said anything about, you know, those, those drops being adjusted or anything. But it is cool to be able to sell three to one now. Being able to freeze doesn't have any effect on me, but I'm sure for people who are using freeze, it's going to be a big deal. Yeah. The rest of it is kind of, go on. I was just going to ask you to explain the three to one for people that don't know what it is. So now you can take any of the organs and sell three of any organs and you'll get a random organ differing from those offered with random rewards. So it doesn't have to be three brains? It just says three of any organs can be given to receive a mm-hmm. random organ differing from those offered with random rewards. So I'm curious, mm-hmm. uh, my guess is, I haven't tried it, but my assumption is that the the new one that you get probably doesn't have any like that you can't see it ahead of time. It would be weird if you could see what it's going to roll before you sell it. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. then you, if, if you, if you put it in there and it's got like three currency rolls, okay, great. But if it's got like drops of rare armor, are you going to sell the three? Probably not. So I assume yeah. it's got to be like an unidentified or something. You know how, when you, you get the prophecy to sell five uniques, you get the giant like gift. I, yep. My assumption is it would, I would hope it's something like that so that you can't actually stack them to get exactly what you want. Yeah. But I don't know. I haven't tested that part. So anyway, that's, that's the new organ thing, which I think is great. The rest of the stuff to me, the, I haven't gotten to the Awakener fight yet. So I love that. It's funny reading some of this stuff. What it makes me think of is it's actually one of the benefits to playing the way that we typically play. I mean, this is a much slower league for me than normal. Typically I'm yeah. much further along, but one thing I'm enjoying about just chilling is that, uh, everybody else can figure out all the crap that's not working and I can just <laughs> kind of roll on in yeah. and play it in a working condition and be like, what the hell guys, this is fine. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I have to, agree with you it's it's nice normally with a league and i mean their their schedules are so tight at ggg normally with a league the stability of the league happens a month after release even if it's not a christmas release right and you're getting a much more solid package if you start one month or six weeks later i have to say this league especially as i go through the patch notes um with my hands-on play that i've had already again i also haven't cleared the entire atlas because of the build that i unfortunately had to disband but it uh i'm very impressed with how solid this league is like a lot of the fixes are new mechanics for the core game right not the league game right like how the atlas works how the citadels or what are they called the altars function and of course the awakener fight's been 
um, a big topic of discussion for people that have been able to be there. So I'm, I'm quite impressed with Metamorph itself, with the body parts themselves. Really, the only issue was a, a good variety of body parts. Mm-hmm. Besides that, it's been solid. Like, I can't believe how few issues there are with a boss with randomly user chosen modifiers for sure being added to it and then it's changing to all these different bosses and enemies on a regular basis uh, it, it's just considering the things that have crashed the game in the past and some of the difficulties that leagues have had up to that one month mark this is amazing yep. what they've done yeah, i'm totally really agree. really impressed with them but then to bring it way back down you're going to do this 3.9.2 is the first major patch after the skeleton crew got back or after there was no longer a skeleton crew. so thankfully they fixed everything <laughs> except standard players still don't have a stash tab that can convert to 3.9 maps yet yeah now so, and i didn't even see mention of it like no it wasn't it wasn't it is still on their high priority list but last time it was on their high priority list, it was about a month and a half until it got fixed. So well, I, I was hoping. Only, I was hoping. You might and be only again, two weeks like out. It's been, a, it's been a solid, solid, uh, solid release. But as a standard player, I don't want to wait two more weeks. I mean, I will, of course, and I'll be so happy when it does, and I'll forget that it was completely delayed. <laughs> but maybe you should just anyway. drop standard. Uh, I can't. I can't. Like with guides, I can't level for builds that fast you know within the first week and check things out i have to play standard do you feel and like to you keep need them to? Up, pardon me sorry do you feel like you need to be able to play them in a new league in order to determine their viability considering the last honestly four or five leagues yes yeah i do because i mean they came out with the three or four master mission leagues right mm-hmm. i mean syndicate was crazy they introduced the value of chaos resist there right delve added a completely new component to the game where you have to be able to do it because there's huge unlocks there sure you need to have a build that can do timing based stuff because alva and i hate alva but that's how it is mm-hmm. there's some really cool crafts that get unlocked that way uh what's the other one i'm missing einhardt's one of my favorites but you don't really i honestly almost never craft via einhardt but i still quite like it mm-hmm. and so there's those components you have to be able to implement into your build and then when they added blight I mean, again, not every build will be capable of doing a blight, especially blight's the one the one we just had, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. with the pus. Yeah, um, when it splits, if you do a heavy but small AOE build, and if you get a blight that splits right off the bat in two different directions, it's really hard. It's really hard. So not every build can do it, but I want to know what my build can do with it, right? So what does standard not have compared to the league? They right now they just don't have metamorph. So how are you how are you able to test on some leagues then if you're not playing it in the league how are you able to efficiently test it in standard uh you can't you can't but it's the same type of assumptions that all guide writers have to make like if guide writers had to test their content for every league no one would have a guide until at least the first week after the league came out right you don't think you could answer people's questions based on just the knowledge of your guides and the changes? You know, if you started to play one of your characters in a league, wouldn't that give you a pretty good determination of how your other builds were going to do in it? Oh, definitely. Definitely. And so that's part of the assumption aspect, though, and knowledge and experience in playing the game. Mm. Um, but 
I do like to have the hands-on stuff as well. So I always play a league with you, at least one character, just to see what it's like to see how gear impacts these different elements and the types of builds that are good for it. And then, uh, and then I can continue on the new content, right? So for example, on my other guides, what did I play last league? Oh, right, zombies, but I but I barely could because of the frame rate stuff. With I couldn't play Blight with any of the other builds, so I was dependent on what other people were saying, but then I also saw how difficult it was for things to split, you know, that kind of stuff, and it was exciting when Delve finally got added to the core game right after that because it was neat to take all those characters and finally go delving. So it's, it's neat, but you do have to have some assumption to it. Of course, it's not major assumptions because of the experience in the game, but there it is. And you don't feel like in standard? I, I'm actually just curious because I have no interest in standard at all. You don't feel like you're missing out on no. on the, the league mechanics? Like, I, I could agree with you on some of the leagues because some of the leagues have just been terrible, but like a league like Metamorph has been great. It's been so fun. Yeah. You don't feel like you're missing out? No, because I do I do play league, right? And then I'll play League until I feel like I've had my satisfaction. Um, in this specific one, I still want to play, but for guide reasons, I'm just having to play standard for a bit just to make sure that I know my builds are in good hands. But mm. yeah, no, I, I get my satisfaction by playing one of the builds in League and then I go and mess around in it. So it's nice, but it's nice. I, I like, I actually really like standard because it doesn't revolve around one mechanic. Right. It's just a nice balance of 10% this, 10% that, right? You might get this, you might get that. And I like it. There's not an overarching thing that's going to happen every map and exhaust me that I'm going to be skipping. So, mm. but I do really like Metamorph. Metamorph. I, I'm really excited for that to go core. I mean, assuming it comes to the core game, but how could you not? Right. Cool. Well, yeah. So that was the patch notes. I, I thought overall they were good it's cool that they're fixing some of that stuff i know that awakener stuff is going to be a big deal to a lot of people that have been struggling at that uh with that fight and the mechanics just being buggered up Mm -hmm. yeah it seems a lot more user-friendly still hard but user-friendly so that's cool so i saw i like trading right when i play i I do like solo cell phone like you're doing but i really like selling gear that i'm not using so i don't buy so that's solo cell phone all the gear i use but i like to sell just to have extra currency for mapping and stuff and so i like to pay attention to some of the trading stuff that pops up on reddit and i read one where there was someone who was wanting to buy something and they were just being impatient and they were being really rude and somehow this person had exactly what they were looking for that kind of like you know how items are are named based on the types of mods that are rolled on them yep somehow he had an item that was worded very similarly to the one that he that this individual wanted Mm -hmm. and so he sold him that one and very quickly and completely ripped him off Mm -hmm. and did it because the person was being a prick when they were wanting to uh when they were wanting to buy it and uh so he totally scammed him and then instead of just keeping it for himself he just gave it to somebody that he knew was early it was like 20 exalts or something mm-hmm. and he gave it to somebody that was new so they could spend it on gear type of thing so it was really nice and it got me thinking about trade in this game you know what i mean and just the attitude that there is between people and it's it's interesting like when i'm reading through some of my guides there's trade etiquette that some people bother looking up maybe because of their experience in another game mm-hmm. but it's I want to encourage people that are listening to to have some polite trade etiquette. You know what I mean? Some people are learning the game. They don't know what things are priced at or 
Sometimes people are trying to scam you, but it's never going to go your way if you're going to be a prick. It's never going to go your way. And even even if you do, like, okay, so now you get your gear, but then you were a prick to somebody, mm-hmm. right? Like, they might be having a really hard time. Maybe maybe their baby's crying and they're AFK for two seconds, or maybe they're having a rough time in, you know, their relationship. I don't know. But you know what I mean? Like, you never know what people are going through. And sometimes it's just nice to, you know, like a nice thank you or just being polite just encourages people to go in the in the right direction and trade just to me anyway trade is one of those things in the game where you're actually interacting with someone and uh, it's just a small opportunity to be kind and polite and to be a light into somebody instead of a prick and bring them down i don't think i've had a whole lot of negative experiences i've obviously had some but in in the case of somebody wanting to buy an item i was selling if they were non-stop spamming me I would I would uh, ignore him probably pretty quick because to me it just wouldn't be worth the, the currency. I love the fact that to the extent in this particular case that the guy, because I, I don't normally find out about this stuff except through Reddit because it doesn't tend to happen to me personally okay. to this extreme, right? But mm-hmm. uh, I thought this was hilarious because this guy, the, the guy that was wanting to buy was just a tit. Like he was straight up oh, yeah. being a turd the whole time, super rude. The guy told him, give him a minute. And he just nonstop spammed him. So the idea that he traded him, I, I actually like to, because I think he, I don't remember what he titled it, but he literally said like, I purposefully scammed. And like he was, yeah. he was unabashed about it. Like he was just like, yes, yep. I screwed this idiot over because he wouldn't stop being a jerk. And yep. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you should ever <laughs> be a jerk in, in payment but I, I still thought it was hilarious I thought it was really funny how it went about and I thought it was really nice that he gave it away too yeah I don't even care if he gave it away but I just like that this hopefully this person on the other side realized maybe I mean he he won't he'll do the exact same thing I'm sure next time <laughs> just because that's what happens when you're 12 and you play, yeah. play a game with a bunch of older people but I, I thought it was hilarious it really mm. made me laugh yeah well on that note too i think the most annoying thing to me ever when it comes to trading and this is just absolutely stupid that it bothers me but if you're buying from me i hate when you start the trade i don't know why maybe it's just because i've played for so long i'm so used to that if you're coming to my hideout i'll initially initiate the trade yeah you'll get it when you like you'll get it when you get it right because you came to my hideout with the currency but i gotta get out of a map get to my stash grab the item for you there's you all these different reasons. Check chat, right? Because right, your macro sure might not be right working. Item. Yeah. So give me like two seconds, and then I'll and I I will actually hit no to the trade, and then open a trade with them. I don't know why. <laughs> it just is just something about it. Just irritates oh, me. It bugs me too. I I um one little thing that gets me is spamming. Even if it's just like the copy and paste, or maybe they didn't even realize that they messaged me twice. But if I'm getting messages right away, uh, if I get like two or three messages. I'll take the next person that asked for it, not the first one. But also because there's type of, uh, I don't, for bots, and you know how people use their their things to try and get items when they're not even searching for them. Mm-hmm. I like to, uh, if I get like ding, 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 if I have an item priced to sell and right off the bat I get six messages for it, I'll take the 10th person. I never do that. I, it's one thing you and I have always differed on and I've always laughed at. If I price something accidentally too low and all of a sudden I get 10 messages, I am marking it right back up. I, <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not going to let them 
get it for cheap just because I messed up. Sometimes you don't well, have time no, to Well, no, if it's an accident, that's one thing. But if you're just pricing it to sell because you want the currency right away, I'm not. Yeah, but if it was the first time you put something up to sell and you just weren't really totally aware because this game is really, really hard to price certain items. Like, if you don't play this game and, you know, are so committed to, let's say, swords, one-handed swords, and you are just into the type of builds, the type of rolls, and you know everything that's going to make that sword valuable, if you're not that person, it's really easy to look at a sword and be like, uh, I could vendor it. And then you, you know, yeah. not knowing that it's actually worth 10 exalts. And, and then, you know, you throw it up for like 10 chaos just to see, and you start getting bang, 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 bang. No way I would sell that. I'd be like, okay, it's time for me to take a minute and actually look into what I didn't <laughs> have time to do before and didn't think I needed to. So, but you would have sold it for 10 chaos. <laughs> right? If I really needed the 10 or 11 chaos, yes. But good luck trying to get that 10 exalts on console on standard that 10 exalt item is going to get vendored i will have it for sale for five chaos for two months and i will hate it because it'll be taking up like eight like you were saying maybe a two-handed sword it'll be taking up eight spots on my cell screen or on my cell tab two months later it's going to get vendored the one thing i've noticed is everything that you complain about would be solved if you just threw out the xbox and pissed on standard (laughs) You'd be set. Nope, it's true. Don't think about it. It's true. I hate restarting and leveling. And well, yeah, but not every time. The amount of time that I get to play, I don't want to do that over and over. And then dealing with stash tabs once everything's turned over, if I don't want to re level, oh, no way. But anyway, anyway, with solo self found and items, one thing that I'm actually quite impressed with. well, not, not necessarily impressed with, but I'm, I'm happy with, especially for the soul, soul self-found folk, is now that Val areas can roll in maps, which I'm really happy about, uh, it gives people, because the Val areas dropped a lot, drop a lot of corrupted items, it gives uh, solo self-found players an opportunity to get more five links than they typically would. Granted, they'd be corrupted, but Val areas have a tendency to drop them more often, and so I think that's pretty cool. As I like a- having the Val areas. As a solo self-found player, this league, I couldn't disagree more with you. What? I Okay, so I love the Val areas. And I, I love them for the sole fact of that exact reason. I have an increased chance of getting a five or six link item. Yeah. I've seen zero. Zero. I yeah, but you're not very every, good. Well, maybe. I've done every single Val area I've come across. I have way too many shards. I don't <laughs> need them. I countless i mean i don't pick them up obviously the 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 the, uh, gems but uh the val gems yeah i don't pick them up i picked up the very first one i needed i got spectral throw which was fine but uh i haven't seen any five i haven't even seen a five link i crafted my five link this whole time in solo cell phone i have not had a five link drop 12 fusings Right, but I had also previously spent probably close to 2,000 jewelers just to get six sockets, which has <laughs> never happened before either. Usually it's like 100, and I get six sockets. Hey, well, I'm glad it's finally hitting you. You remember that league forever ago? This was before the new crafting system happened, where we had Verici that was in charge of your, basically your sockets and your jewels. Yep. Mm-hmm. So... This was the only league I decided not to care about my master dailies. And so for those that are listening, um, master missions have changed within the last 
year. And it used to be that dailies didn't stack. And Verici was one of the old masters, and he was in charge of all the crafting recipes that were for linking, for socket colors. And you would have to log in every day, like a lot of other games. You would have to log in every day to do every master's daily. And that was the one league where I was just tired of it. I didn't care. I used to do dailies religiously. My wife would make fun of me every morning. She'd be like, you done your dailies yet? And I haven't even had my coffee for the morning time. Just She'd add just to that coffee. too, that Verici had some of the most annoying master missions. Oh, they, oh my goodness. Uh, well, a lot of them did. Katarina. Yeah. Anyway, yes, Verici had some brutal ones. Some that when you'd log in and you saw what your mission was, you just log right back out. You're like, okay, well that, screw that. I'm not even, I can't believe I logged in for that. So anyway, this is the one league I decided, whatever league it was, and I didn't level up Verici. This was the one league I'm like, oh man, this is an epic item. It was, I finally got a chess piece that I'm like, wow, I wish I could six socket this. So I went out and I bought tons of fusings. I spent all my exiles. I spent everything. This chess piece was worth it. I spent 3,200 fusings trying to six link this chest and it never happened. 3,200 right clicks. My fingers were so sore. And it was because I didn't unlock the Verici craft. It's the same quantity now of what is it, 1,500 fusings to automatically six link? Yeah, it would have taken so long though to get back in the day uh, to get that craft. Yeah, but still, I could have, I could have, and I didn't, I could have done it twice and I didn't, 3,200 fusings and I didn't get it. Yeah, that was pretty anyway, funny. Solo cell phone. I got a six link drop the other day. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm really happy for you. Either. Super yeah. happy about that. No, it was so really awesome. On, on the note of crafting, uh, it came up today where I was talking about the movement speed crafts uh, and your opinion on, on okay. movement speed on boots. So the one benefit with solo cell found uh, for me actually has been the fact that I don't have to worry about searching for items to buy and, you know, min maxing and stuff and really just trying to make the most out of what I can find and what I can craft. And so I've been pretty lucky to get a lot of really good life and resist roll boots, which is great. It's just that they're not rolling with uh, movement speed. So the craft that I have for movement speed caps at 24, right? So I can craft up to 24% movement speed. The alternative is the unveiling mods craft which allows me to craft movement speed at my current rate it's a maximum of 14 percent. i think it goes up to 17 percent as a as a max somewhere around there 17 or 19 percent. i can't remember exactly but it adds yep. the bonus of uh, 8 to 12 percent in my case um onslaught for four seconds on kill and yeah a percentage chance like 11 oh you yeah, it was said 8 to 12 percent right. chance eight. on kill to get onslaught and i think i actually like that one better I think I think I prefer well, onslaught adds that nice. It is twenty percent as well. Onslaught isn't at movement speed. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't actually know how they all stack together. But I I have always really liked on kill anything. Yeah, it to me has always been relatively beneficial. And if the max that I can craft is twenty four, which I believe it is, I don't actually know. There may be one more step higher on the craft yeah. for that, but. If the difference is 7%, but I gain this up to 12% bonus for Onslaught on kill, I don't see a negative to it because movement speed isn't really going to benefit me once I get to a boss fight. 24 versus 17% is not going to have that big of an impact when I'm fighting a boss. 
No, you know, movement I, speed in general, yes, but that 7%. Right, and or 8%, whatever. the onslaught, okay. I get that benefit, obviously, <laughs> from mapping. Although, I don't remember if we talked about it before, but I've noticed with a lot of bosses, they've changed this league to add way more mobs uh, into the boss fights. Lots. Like um, in, in, in Belfry, the, there's now mobs that come up from the ground when you're fighting Katava, which is amazing. It makes it so much easier to fight that, you know, you, you get some flask recharge, you can get some leech, whatever. Yeah, you well, need. You're, you're a flasker. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I guess everybody but me is, but yeah. Yeah. Most people use five different types of flasks. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. You have the spots for it. Anyway, do you have, like, so if you were crafting, would you rather straight up movement speed or something with a bonus? Always with the bonus for me. For me, well, I guess I have the the concussion symptoms. So for me, too much movement speed, I get nauseous, right? And another thing that really unfortunately sets me off is unexpected movement speed changes. So if I'm going at a decent pace and then I don't see it, maybe it's a dark level and then all of a sudden I'm over tar and my character just really slows down and then I speed up. So my favorite one is actually very similar to yours, but it's the one that involves can't be chilled. So it's movement speed and it's the same percentages, right? Up to 15%, I think it is for level two. Uh, Level three, I think goes up to 19%. So let's say 18% movement speed and then I can't be chilled. I just love that. I absolutely love it. Um, I do have, I do use my, so for my flask situation, uh, console has a really cool feature where it's called the smart i think it's called smart flask system where um so i'm on xbox and lb and rb are your flask buttons and you can also use your d-pad if you were going to use the five flask situation but i'm not kind of, i'm not like that so i have four life flasks and one escape flask and so lb when i have smart flask turned on it uses all flasks of a similar type so if my first life flask is empty I can still hit LB even though that flask is actually empty and it'll just use the next life flask, which is really cool. So my, I can use my escape. RB would be my escape flask. And so normally that's a quartz flask so I can phase through enemies and then it'll get rid of chill and freeze. Right? So then I can just unlock any strong box. Doesn't matter what it's going to be. Hit RB and I move out of the way. So it's nice. Um, and I find that it's a good compliment, even though I have chill on my escape flask and chill on my movement speed boots. I think it's a, it's a nice one because of the freeze as well. That's my preference. Anyway, I prefer slower movement speed with a survivability burst. I've always been so focused on that 30%. Anytime I've in the past bought boots. And now that I'm playing a little bit differently and getting to see more of the stuff that you can and, and, and are somewhat forced to do when you're into that solo cell phone mode, uh, it's been pretty fun. Yeah, and but you're big into those on-kill mechanics, like you said, and for me, I'm actually the complete opposite. I don't like any on-kill mechanics because in co-op, it sucks. Sure. Right? Like, for when you and I play together, you have extremely strong builds, and your movement speed is a lot faster than mine, so my goal is to basically protect myself as I try and keep up. Right, right, right. <laughs> and so I'm not going to get on-kill mechanics. As a minion fan, I'm not getting on-kill mechanics. So I like the ones that are consistent. So you're, I don't, when I'm making builds, I have in my guides that jewels are fantastic, but 
because of my memory and trying to remember which jewel is in with which build, I only have one jewel slot per build. I know they're extremely strong, and I know that I should have four, five, six, or seven, but I just can't remember, and I can't. It's just overwhelming for me. I get so tired when I'm trying to compare five jewels with one build, and I'm like, oh, shoot, maybe that was with this other build. So I have one jewel per build, and... I normally, because I don't normally play with uniques, I wasn't quite aware of how some of these unique jewels just aesthetically looked. Like, I'm aware of them, I look at them, I see them in the patch notes, I see all the hype about certain ones on Reddit. But I I saw some of these unique jewels. Thread of Hope would be an example where they have really cool aesthetic borders. Like, they're very aesthetically pleasing. They have these, some of them pulse nicely, some of them have these nice green thick borders, some of them are blue and they have like these designs going through them i thought it was really cool you're talking about just how they look yeah just that's it it is just look on the uh, passive tree i thought they looked really cool and uh, just because i'm not into uniques i actually just discovered the the visual look of them so i thought that was kind of cool thread of hope is actually a very weird jewel just in the fact that it can roll four different sizes it's not a guaranteed size yeah is bizarre a huge size, right? One that's Very not typically large. available to normal rare jewels. Right, which is cool because you're essentially getting the, the whole intuitive leap idea, right? Where you can just allocate it. And now you're getting a, a hit to your um, elemental resistances. But I, I feel like that's probably worth it, especially in a very large situation. I can think of some places where that would be incredibly strong to be picking up just a crap load of damage in life. Mm. from that that being said i'm in ssf so i'll never see it i assume it's worth a fortune it's only oh, from sure there. the awakener right so that's one thing that it. i i wish i could implement more but i can't just for memory's sake jewels yeah i'd love to see you put thread of hope as one of your required <laughs> yeah yeah because that that'll meet my guide requirements <laughs> yeah. don't have to do anything except you have to beat the very final boss and get this one unique to drop Good luck. But it's a league starter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but under that kind of, the for monster parts and killing bosses, I was talking with this about you probably at Pita Pit. And so it's interesting with the, I'm talking monster parts here. And the parts that drop, they have their mods that show, right? And there's normal, there's rare, there's, there's magic, and then there's rare. And I've been noticing that some of the monster parts have implicits, like drops a rare Mm -hmm. weapon, but then sometimes the normal mod, right? So just part of the random six or four things that happen will all will be a duplicate. It'll say drops a rare weapon. Sure. Is that the example I just used? Yeah. So the implicit and then one of the mods underneath it are the same. And on the exact same monster part, there's two of the exact same thing hold on hold on hold on you're saying that you've seen it in the implicit which is above the line drops Mm -hmm. a rare weapon as well as written below the line because i've never seen that yes i have and so i mean you explained it to me when we were at pita pit but if you could explain it for others what's the value of having an implicit if it's if it's already a possibility of rolling on the normal set of mods as well okay so i'm gonna have to go on my understanding which is i've never seen what you just described i have seen all of the 
potential things that can drop unique items, uh, currency, okay. all that kind of stuff is written above the line, which is the implicit to that particular monster part. Everything written right. below the line is like a map modifier. It's the something yep. that is going to affect the fight that you're about to do. I've never, the only thing I know of that can be below that line that would affect it is, is if it rolls the wealthy, uh, which I've also never seen. I would love to, but it, it could roll the wealthy modifier, just like a, a blue or a yellow mob can mm. roll that modifier. Everything below the line is something that affects what you're about to fight. Everything above the line is only affecting what could drop or what will drop from. So it's basically like a bonus coin. The implicit is basically just a bonus. It doesn't actually make the boss more difficult. Correct. It just affects what's going to drop when you kill that boss. Everything below the line is going to affect what things that boss is going to be affected by. What what skills does it have? What damage does it do? Uh, okay. And so, yeah, the, again, the only thing that I've ever seen, and I've only seen it in Reddit, I've, it's made it kind of weird, you know, that you bring that up. Uh, normally what I would do is I would pick most of the stuff to the far left unless there was something specific. If I wanted maps to drop, obviously I was going that route. Uh, currency, I'm kind of wanting to do some oils just because I'm playing around with trying to get one of the one of the um, skills set up. But uh, now that I realize that something can actually roll wealthy uh, as a monster modifier, I've had to pay way more attention to the monster parts because a a a finished metamorph monster with one wealthy monster modifier, which again is below the line is worth way more than all five in additional hmm. currency above the line. That wealthy modifier has a huge impact on what's going to drop. And so I've had to actually start paying attention now to even the white and the blue monster parts, because there is that chance that wealthy's going to roll as a monster modifier and just, crap stuff all over your screen which has made fighting some of those guys a little difficult because they i can't see the screen like once i kill a metamorph boss it's the i think this is the first league that i can think of in a long time where i actually have to hit z or z when i kill it because i can't see there's more mobs still on the you know fighting and whatever i can't see them sounds like you need me to make you a filter uh, no, I'm good. I'm pretty good. Uh, no, no, I'm pretty sure you need me to. I'll, I'll get right on it. Don't yeah. you worry about it. Just let me know when that's finished. Actually, speaking of filter, <laughs> now that you bring that up, I noticed, let's see, you are in eight. Oh, get at it. Eighth and tenth. Eighth and tenth. All right. Yep. Never sink is right. still, I mean, you're, you're about four. Shuddering in his boots. Uh, maybe three times under him for your eighth place. <laughs> yep. Eighth and tenth. You're still taking up two of the top 20 slots. Impressive. So that is impressive. Well, thank you very much for especially for a guy not up. playing the league. <laughs> I've been thinking about making that filter a little bit more global and not just for my uh, guides, but we'll see. It's just because Go you've ahead. got too much Go time ahead. now that you're not playing playing <laughs> the actual league. So we've talked. We talked. I think it was last last episode. We had a really maybe it was last one. We we were chatting about the atlas and sort of how we understood it and how we thought it worked. And I think we yep. kind of went a little bit more into depth. So. I want to talk just a little bit about the Atlas, what your thoughts are on it right now. And I, I, you do get to still play Atlas in standard, right? The yeah, yeah, it's okay. part of the core game. So it got so, implemented right away. I'm sure you'll have some stuff to put into this, but I'm one of the things that is just right off the top, it's, I'm actually finding it way more confusing 
than I originally thought. And I think the only reason I'm finding mm. it confusing is because I'm trying to understand where I should be placing watchstones, when I should be adding two, three, or four to an area. And it's really, it's, I understand the whole idea of unlocking maps when you put a watchstone in. You know, all of a sudden a new map will show up. I love it. I think that's really cool. But it's making it really hard to figure out what map should I be doing? Where should I be placing this watchstone in order to further my Atlas expansion? And, you know, yeah, it's actually, I feel like it's a bit of, not much of a roadblock, but enough of a roadblock where I'm sitting there going, well, frick, I feel like I'm just throwing my watchstones haphazardly and just being like, meh, those look cool. I'll put two there. I think the wording of the quests could be a little bit more helpful. Like there's a difference between them. And when you know what they mean, it makes sense, but it doesn't, it's, it's not as there's no reason for them to be vague. You know what I mean? I think one of the wording was explore this region, name, whatever region you want of the Atlas um, to discover this, this boss. And what they mean is, do maps you haven't done yet to unlock the next, uh, you know, to, to get influence in the area again and spawn the next boss. And then, of course, it'll be different wording once you've unlocked all the maps and you're still looking for more watchstones. But I think quest wording could be a lot better for sure. I find, um, for me, one of the biggest issues, and I, I like that there's maps that are hidden, but Xana and Xana missions and Xana purchases they really bring to light that there's a lot you can't see. And if you don't have a map stash tab, there is an insane, even with the map stash tab, there's so much screen hopping Mm -hmm. back and forth that it does complicate the issue when you're trying to decide, okay, do I want to focus on this region? All right. Um, I'm going to focus on this bottom left corner region because I'm going to try and get this boss to spawn. Okay. I have these three unfinished maps and now, remember, for those of you that are PC only, that console uh, for both Xbox and PlayStation 4, they, they interact very differently with the Atlas and then with your map stash tab. And it's just back and forth and back and forth. And, okay, do I have this map? Is it in this region or is it in this region? Mm-hmm. I, I find it tedious to be thorough. So what I've done is I've kind of gone a little bit more apathetic. Um, the map stash or the the watchstone storage that's on the side of the atlas what i'll do when i have them all available to me i'll throw them all in their storage and i'll just look to see which i i always want to call them neighborhoods but regions which region i have the least amount of watchstones in then i'll focus on that one and i'll look okay so for the very next watchstone what do i need okay i need one yellow okay so then i'll put in a yellow one in there and then i'll try and find the maps i do it's hard because when you're choosing, when you're looking at your atlas, you have no idea if you have the maps you need or not. Yeah, it's a little weird just because in the past, you've always known sort of what maps you're working towards to work your way into the center of the atlas because you could see, you know, everything within a certain range of your your last completed map. Whereas now, it, it doesn't matter if you've completed something in that range. If the watchstone's not there, you don't see it. And I like the fact that once you complete it, you know, if I complete a tier two and I put watchstones in there, whether it's becoming a tier six or a tier 12, I love that it's still finished, which means that if I happen to be doing a tier six or seven or 11 or 13 
on a completely separate part of the atlas. I love that there's that chance as long, I assume, I don't actually know if I finish a tier, let's, I'll just use six for example, cause it's going to be a yellow map. Okay. I finish a tier six in the bottom left. And the only reason that that showed up is because I had a watchstone in that bottom left section, right? Okay. Let's say that now in my top right section or neighborhood, which I actually like way better than, uh, <laughs> okay. well, in my top right neighborhood, the real thing. Yep. If I take out that watchstone that's in the bottom left, so now I can't see that yellow map that I completed. It's gone back down to, okay. let's say, a, a white map or something where it's disappeared completely. Yeah. If I complete a tier, let's say, six or seven map on a different part of the atlas, can that map still drop that no longer is visible on my atlas because the watchstone's out? I think so. I think so. I don't think there's different rules for it. Okay. So in general, straight across, once you've completed right. it, that's it, whether it's showing on the atlas or not. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not answering for sure. I've had those types of maps drop. I was looking at that while I was leveling, and those types of maps did drop for me. Um, but I might not have been paying attention that I might have been in a Xana section or not, but I'm pretty sure that it was dropping like normal for me. The Whether they're visible or not on the map doesn't change their dropability as far as I know. Dropability. From what I experienced. I like that. Dropability. Their dropability. It's almost as nice as neighborhood. <laughs> so on the topic of maps, what we were having a, a brief conversation, but what is the method that you use to reroll maps? I'm curious. If you get a map, you get a map that rolls, uh, I don't know, reflect elemental and you, you, you don't have anything that's going to protect you from that. What's your, what's your go-to for rerolling maps? For, for me, it's completely dependent on how much I have of what. Um, there's some times where I will just use chaos to reroll chaos. Typically when I'm in league, I I always just sell for chaos. I find Alks very easy to get. So I'm I reroll my maps in league with chaos because that's all I get for currency from myself. And I just keep going until now I'm the type of person where I will roll and play any map as long as my character can do it. Sure. Right? So uh, so I'm the type of annoying player, if you ever watch my broadcast, where I will do a temporal chains map because it didn't roll something like no life regen for a righteous fire character. But typically, um, when I play in standard, what I'll do is um, I'll use a scouring to make the map white, for those of you who are quite new to the game, and then I'll just alk it again because I'll typically, with all the vendoring that I do on standard on console, I have way more Alks than I do uh, than I do Chaos. What do you what how do, what do you do? Like what do you look for? What do you do? I try. I, I'm the, I'm relatively the same way. I'll play almost everything. You know, I think there's a term that a lot of people have used, which is just Alk and Go, where I'll try and just Alk it and run it. Uh, I I love that term Alk and Go. I don't know why I've never heard of that. I love it. There's some there's some things obviously depending on the build that that limit me uh, the in this particular league it's nice because that only thing is can't leech otherwise i think i can pretty much run everything but the uh for me it's almost always scour and elk oh and mainly because even in a trade league it's cheaper to scour an elk than it is to chaos mm. so i tend to have even way if you were to buy currency you mean correct which i i don't right. typically but i also almost always have far more chaos than I have mm-hmm. of, of uh, scouring and Alks, but I, I can understand. I, I I'm not totally sure. I feel like in solo cell found, I might actually use. 
the chaos for for maps because they don't really have a a, a use i would never craft an item with a chaos it's just way too random your, your chances of getting anything good is very very low so i can't see a whole lot of use besides crafting you know through the actual bench that's going to require it. and then you know some of the xanum you know the i think there's a i think there's a challenge to do 30 30 maps with the three chaos charge mm-hmm. xana one or whatever so you know for that but but i think in a solo cell phone i might do it a little differently than i normally would gotcha and just for the super new folks that would be listening it might be weird to them to hear that you're not using a chaos to re-roll up to six modifiers or more per per item until you get what you want so just quickly because we could go into hours for crafting how do you like to do your crafting without the chaos and we could have a whole crafting episode later but yeah it really is there's so much that could go into that typically uh it depends on where i'm at in the league quite often as i'm leveling all elk an item if it's something that is going to give me a big bump because no matter what if i elk this weapon at level 30 i'm going to see a huge increase in my in my damage and it's going to make me level faster when i get into end game I have never been lucky enough to just have the time and the currency and the understanding to go, all right, I'm going to build myself like a really good multi-modded item. And it's changed now too. So you can't really do multi-modding the same way you could before where you're limited now to how many you can be adding. So I haven't looked enough into it, but in the past it would have been alter alterations till I get two mods that I need regaling, hopefully getting something and then you're looking at the multi-modding and, and whether you're trying to annul something maybe so that you can actually drop one off so you can get an extra multi-mod on it too. Uh, I, I, it's very rare for me to be in, in that spot in a league. I would love to. like it, The idea, and that I guess is a little more of the solo self-found style, but I, I haven't had the time to do it. I haven't had the need. I'm not in a position of having just like unlimited currency to start crafting with. So, so we talked about the maps uh just going back to sort of how we were rolling maps and stuff not not gear but maps but we talked a little bit about um haunted mansion and oh yeah that was awesome so i just did it uh like two days ago for the first time this league it uh, it probably took me oh god i want to say it was like 25 minutes to go through that damn map because every (laughs) painting i was stopping at to to, to look at and so i just for fun i was taking screenshots of it can you explain quick what it is in case somebody didn't listen to our episode about the haunted mansion right go back and listen to every episode if you didn't but <laughs> but if not uh the when you approach uh paintings within the haunted mansion and this could be in other areas of the game too we not totally sure but as you approach paintings in the haunted mansion the image on a lot of the paintings will actually shift based on your proximity to the painting. So there's some that don't, but, but quite a few of them will actually change what, what is happening in that picture. And it's pretty cool. And I only had a chance of seeing three. I know there's more than the three that I saw and I took screenshots of them. But the one thing I was going to say is that I put it onto Reddit just for fun uh, because I thought it was cool. I had never noticed it before. I know you had told me about it for quite a while since you had heard about it. But the one thing that impressed me is just how many other people are in the same boat I was that just didn't know that it was a thing, you know, like all of the responses that came from it were like, wow, that's, it's really cool. It's, it's such a fun, small thing that they did. And uh, yeah, anyway, so I was going to give you some props for that. Cause it was cool. 
Well, good for you. You got a huge, how many people have, uh, you got upvoted like crazy for that one. That was nuts. Well, that's what I mean when I say that obviously there's a lot of people that didn't know about it. Yeah. So it's pretty cool that, that, uh, I love that there's still little things like that, that people are, you know, figuring out that, that they're not aware of that they've played for such a long time. So, and, and myself in that boat as well. I, I, I heard, I discovered it from, uh, ExileCon cause I was, uh, at home and I heard the artists interview and they were saying they just did it on their own. They just thought that was a neat feature to do and they did it completely on their own. And uh, I thought that was really cool. So yeah, they didn't really, really cool. They didn't actually like, it wasn't like a planned thing. Uh, no, it just came into their minds one day that they were going to do it for that map. And they did. And I thought that was really neat that they did. And it wasn't really something that needed to get passed over. That's right. Really it's cool. just been in the game ever since. And they, they even made their own story with it. So you can actually see the progress if you go a certain direction. And I mean, maps are randomly generated, so you never know. But you can actually see the progress of a story happening, depending on if the map rolls right. So just real quick, because I didn't actually see that particular part. Did they bring it up or was it brought up to them? They brought it up. No, it was just one of those questions like, what's a, what's a neat thing? Uh, see, I wish they would I wish they would not tell people and people would just figure it out. Like one of my favorite <laughs> parts at... at or not favorite parts. It was just one thing that really stood out and I thought was hilarious at XOCOM was when they had the D2 guys up there. And one of the questions that came from the crowd was, are there any Easter eggs still in the game? And they kind of laughed and they said, <laughs> well, you know, no one's figured out what, I can't remember what it was, like the talking mirror, or the something mirror was used for. And they just left it at that. Like there's still an Easter egg that people haven't figured out. So anyway, it, it would have been cool. Yeah, if they did. cool. So we're going to talk about a build or skill that, you've always wanted to do, but never did. So you, hopefully you've had some time to think about this. So what's a builder I have, skill? I have three things in here. Three right. things. Three different skills but, or builds or what? Well, in, in, in di for different reasonings. Okay. But my, my, I think my favorite build on earth, if I didn't have concussion symptoms and stuff, I would do righteous fire with cast on damage taken level one and lightning warp. <laughs> Okay. And I would just, I'd start walking to enemies and then I just let the mouse go or the controller go. And I would just watch my character go boom, boom, bounce, 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 bounce. You know, I'd have elemental equilibrium on with it. They, I mean, I didn't double check them in the last 3.8 or 3.9, but they always had the same AOE. So your AOE increases and decreases would always influence this the same. Oh, it'd be fantastic. Just go. It'd be super tanky. Everything else is cast and damage taken. All you do is move until they start moving you again. And that's great. It'd be fantastic. Yeah. I think you would love that build, don't you? Uh, I feel like looting would be very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't loot mid-combat. How about you? What would be your... So I, I don't, I can't think of a whole lot of like builds that, that kind of idea, but there is one item every time it drops, every time I hear about it, every time I read it, every time I see it, I go, man, I feel like there's gotta be some way I could do something around that. Never really looked into it. I've never actually seen it, but it's the gloves. Um, Empire's grasp is what they're called. And so all the gems socketed into them are, are supported by the level 10 knockback which I'm not sure that I would care to use the gloves for that particular part. But the part that I love about it is that the knockback direction is reversed. Oh, yeah. And right so into I've you. always been curious. Like Now, the only way to me that it would be really, I don't know, I just love the idea of creating a vacuum of like where, where somehow when you've hit them, they are sucked into you. I've never spent enough time to actually feel, you know, figure out if there's any way to make it work. I feel like probably not. I'd probably end up being in the same boat you are in this league. And I would be 
dumping it after a little bit. <laughs> but for some reason, those gloves, they always just, I don't know why, they always just stick out. That's cool. Yeah. It's a neat idea. Yep. And so that was, that was your, that was your one, hey, bouncing all over the place. That, that, that was the one that if, if I could, that I'd never really done. I have a feeling I tried it once before, but well, you could just close your eyes. I didn't even know how to build, but a, a couple other things that I would actually really like to do for those that are listening that, um, have played or do play my slow-mo zombies build. If I didn't have any concussion symptoms, I would have consecrated path with that for sure. And then meat shield with my zombies. And I would just be going everywhere with consecrated path over and over and over. I think that would be a ton of fun. I've done, I've played consecrated path a couple leagues and I loved it. It was a mm-hmm. lot of fun. It was like a, you forgot, you forgot to put zombies with it though. Yeah. Well, zombies are useless now. So <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not bad. I was playing with the slow-mo, uh, slow-mo build not that long ago. A couple days ago it was still really good. Eh, and on a side note i would everything would be different for me if dominating blow was a support skill that's the one where when you tag an enemy if that enemy dies while the tag is on them then it spawns a a sentinel that's a copy of the enemy right if that was a support skill every single build that i have would be with dominating blow i feel like that would be a little broken as a support i think it would be awesome what would happen if you killed like was there a max? Is there a max to dominating blow to how many things can yeah. be spawned? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's one rare, two or three magic, and I think nine normals. But as a support, if you were killing things really fast, would they be even useful? Well, it would be. Well, I guess my point is, is I would love to be able to get into action quickly, but with the skill that I don't have to have multiple attack skills for. I see. You know what I mean? I'd like to have like a consecrated path where I leap right into them. I have an AOE and I've tagged everybody right away. Yep. Mm. Right. Now you have to have like as one little dinky hit, right. And you're really dependent on attack speed with it. And you're probably doing splash just so you can hit a few enemies. But then that of course are the types of gems that also support your sentinel. So anyway, I didn't mean to get into it, but it was just, if it was a support gem, everything would be different. You'd be all over it. You betcha. Sweet. So I think we're pretty much wrapping up this episode. Now, this is episode eight. And in episode what? six, during our best of 2019 recap, we talked about doing a giveaway. And we had a ton of people retweet us and post on Twitter or uh, Reddit. So we have a giveaway to do. And thank you very much for everyone and your involvement and your feedback. It was all really cool. Mm-hmm. Really cool to see. Yeah, it was fun. We had a lot of chats with different people and so this, again, was for one of the $60 supporter packages. You pick which one you want, whichever console or PC that you want it on, and we'll get it sorted out with support. So I got the little random name picker up here with everybody that's in it. I'm going to hit this mm-hmm. button, and we will see. The winner is International Fish. International Congratulations. Fish. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get a hold of him through whatever method that he, he did his, uh, his or her messaging and uh yeah get international fish the prize congratulations awesome stuff free support pack yeah so this yeah this is the end of episode eight of forever exiled a path of exile podcast thanks a lot for joining us i am justin aka tag and i'm tyler wrecker of days you're the best thanks for listening don't forget to check out the show notes below for more information about today's episode you can find us online at www.foreverexiled.com or on the Twitterverse at foreverexiled82. 